0: we're back folks hello welcome again to the ongoing g1 climax 32 coverage right here available to you offered up by you by you to you by me mr warren hayes here on the mr warren hayes uh, 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 distribution network <laughs> which is which could which is comprised of it's, you know youtube.com mr warren hayes And also of your favorite podcast application, whether it be, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, so on and so forth. Thank you very much for joining me once again today for the ongoing coverage of the G1. Appreciate it, great deer. And a great deal, you know, you are great deers, but I appreciate it a great deal. How about that for saving face? Um, But look, before we go any forward, per usual, I just want to remind you all, uh, I I want to say thank you, first and foremost, but I want to remind you all to to show some support for the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. It's very, very easy if you're on YouTube.com right now, slash Mr. Warren Hayes, of course. Like the video and subscribe to the channel as well. That way, here's the thing, you're not going to miss a single solitary recap of the of the G one that I'm going to be performing, so I think that's something you want to do. And if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast podcast app, thank you very much. Look, five star reviews on Apple; those are fantastic for they help out tremendously. So do five star ratings on Spotify as well. So check those out. Whatever you can do to show some some love, I'm more than welcome. I'm more than welcome them. And look, and on top of that, if you're if you're if you're on YouTube. Uh, drop some comments. Let's chat about the G1. What do you think so far? What are, what are your matches of the, uh, of the tournament so far? I'm going to start compiling those. I think on the next update, I'm going to be compiling, you know, so far, best matches of the tournament, maybe a top five or something, because there's been some very, very, very good matches on a s- somewhat irregular tournament, but, you know, I not as irregular as last year's was. I think 2022 uh, 2021 22 2022, 2022 is is this year. But I think 2021 the G1 last year, you know, I I think it was solid throughout but nothing to really, you know, throw you off your chair. Whereas this year you do have these excellent excellent matches happening. But there's there's just enough not great stuff to make it to to not still keep us from feeling like every night of the g1 is a must watch because it still isn't there's some things you have to go yet you you, there's some matches i think you you should watch but i don't think there's been like a, a top to bottom you know i i don't think every night has been a top to top to bottom must watch you know i think like night one was a particularly good uh, introduction you know to 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 the G1 a good a, a good way in I think night uh two as well two was fantastic we're gonna we're not even going to mention you know that that one night that should not be mentioned anymore we've stricken it from memory and we're going to get right into talking about nights five and six per usual I combine two nights of G1 action into one recap here So let's start by talking about Night 5, which happened on July 24th. Over at the Otis City Gymnasium, evening started off with El Fantasmo defeating uh, Yujiro Takahashi. I'm a little less mad at Yujiro today as I was in my last recap. But I'm still so entirely completely done with him. And this match sort of proved it as well. Look, the match starts off with Ujiro. See, these are Bullet Club guys, right? At least you know you have House of Torture subfaction, right? With main mainstay Bullet Club, right? So El Fantasma, Yujiro tries to sell off Peter to ELP, saying if you if you if you do the job for me, if you lay down and give me the two points, I'll give you you know you can have a night with Peter, kind of thing. And ELP's like, oh, okay, I'll do it. He seems to accept. He lies down. But instead, he suckers Ujiro into a pin attempt. Yujiro's uh, in the Tree of Woe, eats two basement drop kicks. Another beautiful moon salt by El Phantasmo. The CR2 is blocked with a bite by Ujiro. He hits pimp juice on the floor. And it, look, ELP ba- barely makes it back in time. And, you know, he, this. I think this is the kind of stuff that irritates people when it comes to el Fantasmo, because he you know he adds on so much uh you know uh uh um uh, spectacle to him trying to reach the ring and people are like i he's, he's hamming it up too much but i enjoy it i think he has a lot of flair he does things with a lot of flair Yujiro runs the ropes eats a drop kick another super kick by el Fantasmo is blocked and reversed into a slob drop. Uh, Ujiro then hits the Fisherman's Buster. Brain Buster by El Phantasmo. A lager bomb. A UFO. Yujiro hits an accidental low blow. Uh, kicking out of a pin attempt. And then hits the Olympic Slam. Show of the House of Torture, of course, arrives. Slides the wrench into Ujiro. But uh, El Fantasmo sort of he purple nurples show. This distracts the ref. Uh, And then he does a little Eddie Guerrero trickery with the wrench. The ref argues with Yujiro, who has the wrench in his hands. uh, And uh, while the ref has his back turned, just goes for a straight straight right punch directly into Yujiro's dick. Thunder kiss 86 for the win. El Fantasmo scores his first two points of the tournament here. And he leaves with Peter, who is very much inclined to walk away with him, leaving Yujiro completely high and dry. Well, Yujiro could, he, you know, he had show. Can you imagine? We're in the year 2022, and this guy's running a pimp gimmick. In the year of our lord, 2022. Uh, I thought this was uh, a better showing by Yujiro, uh, and and this match had a lot of flair because of ELP. ELP is a showman. He has a, a lot of charisma. Uh, but, you know, a slow match uh, and Yujiro you, drags this shit down. It's just as simple as that. So, fine. It's all right. Don't get me wrong. But you can entirely, entirely skip over this one and you will enjoy the G1 nonetheless. Sonata defeated Tai Chi in a very strong match. There's a lot of peck flexing by both guys to start uh, to start this one off, and we get an abdominal an abdominal stretch by Tai Chi, basement dropkick by Senada and a Pescado. We go in and out of pin attempts that ends with an axe bomber by Tai Chi, a back drop driver as well. Tai Chi goes for a second rope choke slam, but Senada reverses uh, reverses out of it and rolls right up to his feet, uh, hits the TKO, goes for the skull end is able to lay it in proper then goes for the moonsault but taichi raises his knees up axe bomber Gamangiri to the orbital bone of uh of sonata which of course is his achilles heel having come back from that injury they do some more back and forth sonata wins with an corner roll and uh after the match sonata's eye was uh was a little puffy was a little uh hope you know hope everything was okay but uh his uh, his eye did see uh did his his eye did puff up a little bit looked like he got uh, punched right into it or you know whatever hopefully hopefully the orb, the um the fracture uh isn't making its way back so good uh honestly strong match between the two um but you know like yeah you yeah, uh, two guys who strong workers but you know, like there's always this implement in in sonata matches where you're like well where's the where's the magic where's the thing where's the where's the the emotional investment and you know i've talked about it multiple times i get it that sonata is the cold skull right he's the ice man he's not supposed to show emotion but at some point jesus you know a, a strong match. Don't get me wrong. This was a this was a this was a a, a strong a good match. Yeah, this was a good match. What was not a good match was Jeff Cobb versus Bad Luck folly Like, look, this was just fine for what it was, and that's about it. You know, you've got a lumbering Bad Luck folly just you know, pra- going around the ring with. Cobb being booked like an underdog somehow in this match, like working from beneath. Can He lift this big, of course he can. Can he overcome that? Like, of course he, can. Jesus. If anything, Jeff Cobb should be, should have been placed here in a position. This is how I would have booked it, right? But of course, you know, this is what I was expecting. And it was the complete opposite, and I don't understand. Because look, because I get Foley has tenure. He's uh, he's an older guy with the company, and I know he like he works a lot. You know, he, he he works a lot behind the scenes, trains. That's fine, and 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 I'm sure on that level he's invaluable. In the ring, I talked about it on, on the last recap that we did. You know, he he doesn't have anything to offer us anymore. His presence. In the ring now is more of a hindrance than anything else. It helps reduce the amount of enjoyment you can get out of a match. This is not the bad luck folly of uh, of ten years ago, absolutely not. So when so the way I thought this was going to go was for a young, powerful beast of a man like Jeff Cobb. You know, coming in to this coming into this match here. I thought that he was going to like maybe not run through Foley, but give Foley more of a run for his money, where Foley feels like he has to maybe work a little from from under to to, to 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 squeeze out a win, which he wouldn't be able to do. And sort of certifying Jeff Cobb as well, look, now we're we're moving on to this next generation of strong uh, athletic hosses that maybe Fale once was but mm, Jeff Cobb and maybe even a guy like Jonah are maybe uh, the, 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 the moving on to these guys because that's what they are right now like they are the they are the big guys they are the hosses now and if anything you know it's it it's a folly times two because Jeff Cobb can do shit that Fale was never able to do I don't know. This was a very strange match. One of the shortest of the tournament so far, but nonetheless. Anyway, he suplexes Bad Luck Folly and hits the Tour of the Islands for the win. Impressive stuff, nonetheless. Like, But that's the thing. with That's Jeff Cobb's thing. Feats of strength. He's incredibly strong. That's his thing. I really... like. There, this could have been... This literally could have been a sort of passing of the torch kind of thing. It's sort of a... Well, look, Jeff Cobb moving. F- Jeff Cobb goes toe to toe with Kazuchika Okada. Like I don't know what I don't know. Goes toe to toe with Kazuchika Okada. Struggles against bad luck. Falling doesn't make much sense to me. Then we had a great main event: Hiroshi Tanahashi. Defeated Tetsuya Nato. Not Nato. Naito. Naito goes Rudo on on, on Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi early on, you know, tugging at the hair, so on and so forth. Tana tries to hit the uh, tries to do a, a skid the cat, but Naito drop kicks him back to the floor. Naito then launches him into the barricade, cracks his neck over his knee, then gets the leg. Half Nelson outside on the floor, then gets Tanahashi back into the ring to avoid the double countout, but also locks the leg half Nelson again. He purchased Tanahashi on the second turnbuckle and hits a neck breaker. Tanahashi with a dragon screw. Tanahashi goes up on the ropes and does a. Everyone's sort of expecting him to do like. Um, uh, 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 to, to to do a senton or whatever. But no, he does a stomp right on Naito's knee. So Tanahashi, not afraid to go a little rudo himself. Uh, Naito uh, goes for the hits. Combination Cabron, Esperanza, Gloria, Puma Blanca on top of that. He's working Tanahashi's arm. Uh, he goes for an avalanche runa, but Tanahashi holds on ...to the ropes and rolls into a cover... ...well, not holds on to the ropes... ...he holds on to Naito... ...and rolls into the cover. Apologies. Forearm exchange between them both... ...has both of the guys smiling at each other. Three twists and shouts by Tanahashi. Count them. Three consecutive twists and shouts. Sling blades, aces high, high fly flow... ...but Naito moves out of the way... for the high fly flow hits Valencia, goes for Destino, but no, it's blocked inside cradle by Hiroshi Tanahashi for the win. Look, when you have two of the best in the world in the ring going at it, this is this is exactly what you get, right? You get a great match, and this was a great main event for Night 5. And one that had very, very serious repercussions for whoever decided to, uh, to lose... Or well, not they decided, but whoever ended up losing, who decides to lose? That's not, well, you know. Because because um, now Naito's in the doghouse in Block C. He's 0-2. We'll talk about the standings a little later, but this was a bit of a must win for him. Well, for both guys, actually. Tanahashi's 1-1, one one, but Naito is doghouse in this one. I really enjoyed the match. Another in a great series between the both the, between both of these guys, and no one should really be surprised. Why would you be surprised at the idea of Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito putting on a great match? That was night five. Next. We're moving on to night six. We're in Kirk Hall now. On July 26th, starts off with Chase Owens taking on the debuting, the, well, not the debuting, but Great O'Conn in his first G1 match, is what I'm trying to say, and Chase Owens beats him. And I would, I, I would consider an upset. Owens throws powder at uh, Great O'Conn's face from the get-go as Great O'Conn removes his his, um, you know, his his mask. It's not really a mask, though. His kerchief. His face kerchief. There's a Northern Lights suplex by uh, by Chase Owens. Uh, he chokes Great Khan against the ropes. Great Khan's offense, right up until this point, has been ineffective until he starts landing some Mongolian chops and a basement dropkick. Get a gut buster by Chase Owens. Uh, who tries to cover Great O'Conn with the feet on the ropes, kind of like how we defeated him in Chicago, but the ref saw it this time. C-Trigger is blocked into the Sheep Killer by Great Khan and a backbreaker. DDD Power Slam by Great O'Conn, Uh, and uh, Owens avoids an Eliminator, yanks Great Khan across the ropes. C-Trigger, Package pile driver, and I'm like, what?! Okay, surprise win. I'll call it an upset. I'll definitely call it an upset. I guess they're establishing the fact that uh, Chase Owens, the G1 in Karukan Hall, is uh, lucky for him because that's where he defeated uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, last year. Got his, that was his sole win of the G131, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a... Uh, This is a surprise win out of nowhere, but you know, this is great. O'Connor. This is only his first match, so he's you know he's not he's not toast yet. He's not toast yet. Still surprising, fun little affair. Evil had his first G1 Climax 32 match taking on Kenta. This match, this this match, quote-unquote, can absolutely hit the bricks. And and this was, this had everything, everything in this match was designed to annoy me. And, And to just get my blood pumping again. Not as bad as night three, though. This night three was a, it was a collective effort by all, at least here on night six. We're going to be saved later on. There has been hard work. But this was, this was so, 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 so annoying and terrible. Like, this is the penultimate evil match that people hate. And Kenta was going right along with it, right? Because, what... all it is is interference distractions and you know how yeah you know, comedy spots and, and i should have i should have expected this when the match started with kenta bringing out a copy of his new memoir and handing it to evil and then you know they pelted each other with it and i'm like okay this is what i th- what was this all this to set up you know more bullet club storytelling is this it because these are two Bullet Club members, but from different factions. Is this was this all to set up? Like I can't. And even after the match, they were fist bumping. Or like, okay, fair. You know, we, you know, we 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 all did our sneaky, underhanded t- tactics. But there was no match here. There was you know, there was nothing composed with in ring storytelling. There were there was nothing. And we have. The typical stuff. Dick Togo coming in while the ref is distracted to hit a magic killer with Evil. You have Sho turning off the lights. Kenta and Evil are swinging chairs at each other. You know, as Evil does his, you know, his baseball thing. And we get a countdown win for Evil because Togo is under the ring holding on to Kenta's legs, keeping him from jumping back into the ring before the 20 count. Bullshit. I hated it. I hated it. This, this is exactly the kind of bullet club slash how to torture match that I that I loathe. I can't stand it because this is not why I watch uh uh this is not why I watch New Japan pro wrestling. If I want these kinds of ridiculous nonsense shenanigans, there's another company that does it seven hours a week. I can tune in and you know tune in on a Monday night, and watch uh, two uh, two grown men and a woman talk about uh, testicle size for about seven minutes. I there you go. I can do that. But that's not what I want. This is not what I want when I'm watching New Japan. Especially during the G1. Lance Archer defeated Tom Lawler also debuting uh, in the G1. His first G1 match, period. Tom Lawler. This was okay. Again, an okay match. The story here was that Lawler was, you know, overpowered basically you know Lance Archer hits a pounce release suplex and Lawler tries his best to cut him down um cut him down you know uh, take out the knee standing choke hammer handle elbows but Archer is like he's just too strong and he's shoving him around black hole slam Lawler tries to go over and over again to a rear naked choke but Archer is too big too strong get the blackout two points for Archer Again, this is a very, very weird booking decision. Like, I, I I know I know block A, because this was block A. Block A is the Haas. Block is this is where you have Lance Archer and Fale and Jonah and Jeff Cobb. I get it. But is a guy like Tom Lawler really like that overcome by Lance Archer? Again, a little strange. I'm okay with Lance Archer defeating Tom Lawler. There's a certain degree of this that makes sense. This is not Archer's first G1. It's not his first stint in Japan either. You know, maybe Lawler. You could you could go down the path that Lawler maybe wasn't quite ready. Wasn't it? You know, first match in is like. Mm. But I thought Lawler looked like uh, looked a bit like uh, like a dunce in this match, especially when he keeps. Going over and over again for the rear, rear naked choke when we know damn well that Tom Lawler is a very, very, very capable, competent MMA fighter. And commentary puts it over at the same time. And yet, like three, four times in a row, he goes for the rear naked choke because Archer's shoving him off. I'm like, that's all he's got? That can't be all he has. I thought the design of this match was extremely strange and, you know, did not present Lawler, Tom Lawler in his, uh, in his best, uh, at his best at all. There you go. Didn't introduce the Japanese crowd to Tom Lawler at his best. Kind of disappointing, actually. Finally, we get the main event, which was Block D. Dave Finley and Juice Robinson went at it in a very, very good main event. And there—that that is something that I was not expecting to tell you. Watching, when I was looking over this card, and I was like, Finley and Juice, well, you know, maybe the, the, the story between the two will give some fuel to this and it did and boy did it ever this match ruled it actually ruled i think this is probably the most unassuming main event that we have throughout the entire g1 and it ruled two guys who have a long history together friends came up together tag team partners now on separate paths but like completely different paths they have some hard feelings against each other some grudges and it culminates in a fantastic in-ring story of, of of violence and grit. Is this this what this is what it was It was just like both guys sucking it in to win the to win the two points but there's also pride in this. Robinson comes to the ring still claiming he's the US uh, champion, the IWGP US champion. Uh, and early on in the match, he works Finley's shoulder a big time. Of course, Dave Finley's shoulder was legitimately injured. It's been reconstructed surgically. And uh, boy, does he work it over. On the floor, in the ring, Finley eventually tries to fight back with a neck breaker, a running uppercut. But Robinson is, a f- is, is, is right back on the shoulder. Goes for a f- fu- Fujiwara arm bar. Robinson takes it to the floor again for even more damage. He peels off the ringside mat to hit a pile driver, but Finley back body drops him on the explosive floor. Finley, uh, then this is the, the signal for Finley's comeback. Um, flinging Robinson into the barricades now. Irish curse backbreaker and a blindsided lariat as well. Finley starts on his end working Robinson's hand. Because the Juice's punches are a big deal, especially his, lab, his left hand. So guess what he goes after? Finley gets tossed into an exposed turnbuckle. eats a juice box and a superplex. Juice hits a punch. Pulp friction. But Finley kicks out of the pin attempt. We get a pair of stunners then by Finley. And we're back on the floor. Who hits a pescado, But or actually goes for a pescado but it is countered by a straight right punch straight to the jaw by juice robinson in a great a great looking spot and robinson picks up finley and lands the pile driver on the exposed on the exposed floor excuse me to the dismay of the crowd there is a loud audible by the audience here i am so glad the pile driver is making a comeback as a devastating move, everyone is doing it. Everyone is pulling out pile drivers as big time destructive move. As a, you know, and and I'm I'm here for it. I'm 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 here for that comeback. He gets Finley back into the ring. Left handed God goes for the right for the rock slide, but no Finley lands on his feet. We get a ref bump. Juice tries to use the U.S. title belt on Finley, who instead ducks and delivers a shillelagh shot to Juice Robinson. We're getting the Donnybrook before the SummerSlam happens and lands the Trash Panda for the win. Again, something I was not expecting. Two surprise victories in one night of the G1. I was convinced that Juice was going to go forward because clearly they're they're angling stuff up for him. They're making, you know, getting him ready for his last night, right? I think I think on the last night of, uh, of block competition isn't Juice fighting Will Ospreay. So that's meaningful to something. And he has this thing with Will Ospreay right now in regards to the IWGP title, a U.S. title, where Will Ospreay is actually the champ but doesn't have the belt. And Juice had the belt, keeps calling himself, the uh, the U.S. champions. I'm like, I thought this is where we're going. This, I mean, it's a loss. It's a bit of a wrinkle. But then on top of that, after the match, Juice Robinson, excuse me, Dave Finley claims the U.S. title for himself, or the 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 prop, not the not the actual championship, but the prop, telling <laughs> telling Will Ospreay, look, I just beat Robinson, who says he has a claim on it. Well, then I. Won the claim on the U.S. title. So if you want it back, you have to come after me now. I'm like, cool. Very interesting uh, little wrinkle here. As I thought Juice was going to be, was going to have more of a runaway tournament than, uh, than this. I was convinced he was going to walk out of here being the first uh, guy of block D with four points, but no, he is absolutely not. I thought this was, look, this main event, I thought it was great. I thought it ruled uh, two guys who just beat the tar out of each other. It's fantastic stuff from top to bottom. Just absolutely fantastic stuff. Worked for me. Right up right down my alley, uh I would say LA it's one of the best matches of the tournament so far. I, I would highly suggest you go check it out. Just great wrestling, great in ring storytelling. Top to bottom. These guys delivered. These guys were in a main event, and they're not used to doing main events, and they're in Karuka Hall. So they went for it. And it delivered. Two points for Dave Finley. Let's talk about the standings. If you're watching on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes right now, you can see the current standings. A block is still uh Kazuchko Kata territory, where he has uh where he uh reigns supreme at four points, Torriano at two, Folly at two, Lance Archer at two, Jeff Cobb at two. Tom Lawler and Jonah bring up the rear at zero. Now, of course, what we have to consider here is that Okada is, of course, the only guy who is 2-0. Not everyone in block A has had their two matches so far. Uh, Lawler and Jonah are the only two guys who have had one match apiece. Everyone else is 1-0. So, as it stands right now, it's still uh, very much open, but I honestly do not see. I honestly do not see anyone else but Kazuchika Okada just running through the block here. Even if he were to lose, I, I, I talked about it last time. Even if he were to lose one match, which is possible, I thought he, you know if if there had if there was a chance for him to lose a match, I would have thought it would have been against Yano. But he won. I was figuring that maybe he would uh that he'll that he would uh lose one match tie with Jeff Cobb at the end cuz I also think Jeff Cobb is going to run through the competition here. I don't there's no one on this outside maybe of Lance Archer. There's no one uh there's no there's all all of the other guys are not in Jeff Cobb's lane. Um so it is yeah it, it, it it's easy it's conceivable for Jeff Cobb to uh, to win every other other match in the tournament, but Kazuchika Okada has the tiebreaker with him uh, f- over him, so I'm not convinced yet. As far as B Block goes, we still Jay White still at the top here. We have <clears throat> uh, we have five guys, four guys. Uh, with uh 2 Tai Chi Tamatanga Chase Owens and Sanada Great Khan and Tomohiro Ishii bringing up the rear on this one uh again should be noted that uh well the only person in Block B uh the only two people in Block B who only have one match under their belts are Tamatanga and Great Khan Great Khan is currently zero and one Tonga is one and zero. Oh um jay white won both everyone else is tied and tamahiro ishii lost both of his uh matches i think i don't think he's going to be much of a factor moving forward in the tournament outside of maybe spoiling it for other dudes but um look but we'll see block c now we still have zack saber jr up top at four points aaron Hanare hiroki goto hiroshi tanahashi and evil All tied at two points, and the doghouse Kenta and Tetsuya Naito are sharing a spot. They're both at zero, not only at zero, they're 0 2. Two guys where you could have been like, "Oh, Oh, all right, these are contenders, these are these guys are going to be up there in the conversation. No. Hiroki Goto and Evil are the only two people in the block that only have one match apiece. They both won. So they are both 1-0. and Hinare, Tanahashi uh, are 1-1. and Zack Sabre Jr., of course, is 2-0. Um, C-block is going to be interesting to see what happened. Because, okay. So the Tetsuya Naito win, loss, I mean, a bit out of nowhere, but you know what? As a Naito fan, we should not, I should not be surprised that Naito is in a position where he's sort of fighting from beneath and has to claw claw his way back up and to to try and get a victory here. This This is classic ghetto booking of Tetsuya Naito, right? No big shocks here. I'd have to think he can mount a comeback. Because, uh, uh, technically speaking, Tanahashi would probably be the biggest competition he has here, but he lost to Goto. Like, anything could happen at this point. He could mount a comeback. And the thing, and the thing that makes me believe that he will mount a comeback is that on the last night of block action on uh, August 16, he is fighting Zack Saber Jr. That I think that's a bit of a tell that this might come down to the wire in regards to this match. Uh, in regards to this. Block here, where maybe Zach will run. Uh, will maybe have one loss heading into the heading into uh, the finals, the final night of action, but then lose a second one to Naito. Naito wins all of his other block matches, so comes in with his two losses. Defeats Zach Sabre Jr. He and Jr. tie, but uh Nito will hold the um Naito will hold the uh the um tiebreaker. There you go. I don't know why I blanked out on that. Um but it, yeah there you go. So interesting. It's something to keep an eye on. We're going to keep a close eye on these blocks moving forward like i said like this is the thing right I and mean, we're still we're still you know adapting to this new way of do- of of going forward with the blocks right but as we get further into the tournament we're not just going to have four block matches a night we're going to get entire nights just full of block matches so it's it, 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 things are going to start ramping up fairly uh fairly soon so as far as block v goes block v all over the place right now We've got six guys with two points. Will Ospreay, Juice Robinson, Shingo Takagi, Yujiro Takahashi, El Fantasmo, and David Finlay. With poor Yoshihashi being the only dude uh, without any points. As it stands right now, only Will Ospreay and the aforementioned Yoshihashi have... Only one match uh to their to their name in the g1 so far. Takagi, Robinson, Fantasmo, Takahashi, as in Yujiro, as in the Tokyo Pym, are all at two points, but are also all at one one. So interesting records moving forward. On the last night of action. There is only one, there are two D-block matches. There are two D-block matches on the card. Shingo versus El Fantasmo and Will Ospreay versus Juice Robinson. Now, we posited from the get-go that Will Ospreay and Juice Robinson would be, uh, would probably be a very critical, important match for the for D block because of the pre-existing history that exists between the two and the current well mo- not not necessarily the pre-existing history what I what I meant was the, the the current story being told around the IWGP United States Championship now they went through Dave Finley into the mix I don't know if that's an extra wrinkle I don't know if it's just like a one night thing or if it, but uh, but we've got Will we've got Juice on. The final night of block action and we've got Shingo and El Phantasmo so I I would assume that as we get into that final night we're going to get a little more we're, we're, those will probably be the four guys amongst which uh all of this is going to uh all of the results are of of D-block are going to to hang on right because Ujiro is not going to be a factor When's Yujiro's last match? But Yujiro Yujiro U- is not going to be a factor. He finishes on night 16 against Shingo. That's his last that's his last block match. So Yujiro Yujiro is is this he's a sack of shit and he's going to be dumped aside as the sack of shit he is. Two nights before the end. Hit the bricks. Yoshihashi has one last match on night 17, but on night 16, he's facing Will. I would assume that night 16 will be the nail in the coffin of Yoshihashi's tournament. And night 17 will be an academic type of match. He's facing Dave Finley, who I don't think is going to be that much of a factor either, but who knows? D-Block is completely up in the air. I'm just basing myself on on the schedule, on the matches that are scheduled for the last night of the tournament, 918. 18 D-Block is Shingo and El Fantasmo. And then we also have Will versus Rockhard Juice Robinson. I think these guys are going to be factors. I think this, I right now, D-block is going to be you know, kind of like, what was it, B-block last year? Where to the very end, there were like four or five guys, like within reach of each other. And there was like a four-way tie. To the very, very end, I think that's what's going. That's what D Block is going to be this year. It's going to be the the block that's all over the place. D Block. I think Zack Saber Junior is going to have a good tournament, and I think he's going to lose a match. I because don't forget he's fighting Naito on night eighteen. So yeah, just my gut feeling at this point. We've got. Zack Saber Jr., who is going to lose one match heading into night 18, Naito is going to win every one of his matches. He's going to use, he's going to win every other match, including defeating Zack Saber Jr. on night 18, which are going to tie them for points, and Naito is going to move forward. That would be my guess. But you never know, because they can do all sorts of goddamn fuckery with evil that I couldn't care less about and just piss me off. It's interesting to note though that we do have Tomatonga versus Jay White on night eighteen. Which makes me wonder. If Tamatanga could not act as a spoiler for someone here. It's interesting. Interesting. The thing that really that makes it difficult to really go out and say block A winner is in block B winner and block C and block D, that makes it still yeah, a little difficult, despite the fact that I do have my predictions and I've already put them out there. The thing that makes it different is that the semifinals between the blocks we don't know. We're assuming it's Block A winner versus Block B winner, and Block C winner versus Block D winner. That's an assumption, but we don't know because it's still to be determined. To be determined, right? Let me just go. Let me just go make sure here because the last time I checked, that's what it was. Match lineup for August 17. Yeah, the, like we don't know which block winner is facing which block winner on uh on August 17. So your guess is going to be good as mine is at this uh, at that point. For night 19 on August 17. So again, you know, uh, you can tell right now as it stands Ghetto doesn't want it still has A whole bunch of options open. I think it's still very difficult to nail any scenarios down. I think there are people whose tournaments are through. I think Jonah's tournament is through. I think Tomohiro Ishii's tournament is done as well. And, uh, you know, if I were a betting man, I would not dismiss Tetsuya Naito. I think he's going to have a comeback run. That's my guess. So what do we have coming up here over the next two nights leading into, uh, leading into my next recap, which is going to be after night eight. Well, first of all, night seven, July 27, which is going to happen in just a few hours as I'm recording this. Uh, it's going to be taking place at the, uh, well, again, at Kirkenhall. Hall. Uh, Will Ospreay versus Yujiro Takahashi. For D block action, we're going to have Toruyano versus Bad Luck Folly for A block. C block is going to be represented by Hiroki Goto versus Aaron Hanare. And to cap it all off, B block, having Tomohiro Ishii versus Tama Tonga. I am not stoked for this for for, for this card. I am not stoked for it. I think that I think. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with Tamatanga and Ishii. If anything, uh, you know, I would assume Ishii is going to do the job here and make Tam- Tamatanga look like a million bucks. I am, look, I'm interested in Goto versus Hinare, if only based off of the excellent performance of Aaron Henare so far in this tournament, who is not just lazing around and he he's coming in this tournament with something to prove. And I dig it. And he's been very strong so far. Couldn't care less about Yano versus Folly. That's going to be uh, that's gonna be shit. And God bless Will Ospreay if he can get anything out of the sack of shit. We'll see what... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about this one in a couple of days. Then uh, we're going to move on to night eight on July 30th from the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. Dave Finley versus Shingo Takagi for the D block. A block is going to be Tom Lawler versus Jonah. B block, Sonata versus The Great Okan. And it will be wrapped up by a match that everyone should get excited for. Zach Sabre Jr. versus Hiroshi Tanahashi for the C block. Uh, that's the reason why you tune in. That's why you bought your ticket for that show. Um, should be a lot of fun. I'm already looking forward to it. I'm already looking forward, coming back to sit right here and talk about nights seven and eight on July 30th uh, with uh, with you, good folks. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to end it right here. Thank you very much for, for watching this recap. You can go and catch up on my other recaps for nights one, two, three, and four, which are all available uh, either as a podcast or on video on demand on youtube.com slash mr warren hayes if you haven't already give us some love a like a subscription all that good stuff works out leave some comments send me some emails i don't know maybe not emails dms how about that see you next time